1: But this article is really interesting because it says that waiting until you have a money related issue means it's too late. Emotions are too high and rash decisions will likely be made.
0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Shooters Gotta Shoot. All right. I am your co-host, Erica Sparrow. And
1: I'm Molly DeMilleur.
0: And we've got a great episode for you this week. Uh, we're actually looking at an article that uh, kind of a friend of the pod
1: yeah. wrote, and we
0: got a little shout-out in, which was very exciting. Uh, mm-hmm. It's on Insider, and it's called, Four Hard Conversations About Dating That Should Be Normalized and How to Have Them. So, before we get into the article,
1: we have a little update from you. I do. I do have a little update. So. Um, so the last episode, I think it was, came out on New Year's Eve when it was just you and I, and we talked about our resolutions uh, for the new year and mine was to get out of my head mm-hmm. so much, especially in relationships and, uh, space jam and I talked about my anxiety Yes. <laughs> and okay. me being in my head. Hell yeah. All right. <laughs> now was this like, did he guess at this? So I've like said i'm like oh like i get a little anxious or like sometimes things would happen like at work or or something like some of those really like fun cryptic emails or like oh Mm -hmm. we should talk about this or like random meetings dropped on your calendar and i'd message him be like oh this is real good for the anxiety (laughs) and i think i said it enough that he was like oh this might not be a joke (laughs) 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 this might be real okay yeah it actually it came up because of sort of argument that we were having it wasn't like really an argument it was just something that we weren't really seeing eye to eye on um and it's it's gonna be something that we you and I get into way more depth on on our patreon in a couple of weeks um but it was kind of this long thing that I wasn't gonna have answers essentially for like what my position would be on it until I got some news a couple of weeks out so Mm -hmm. essentially it was this like long standing thing that neither of us could really actively do something about and totally disagreed on so i had to wait for this news for us to, like have a conversation and because of that we were kind of just like going round and round in the initial conversations that we were having but then we were finally both just like okay let's table it until like x date when we get the information mm-hmm. and i cannot just like Tell anyone not to do this, like mm. <laughs> so, so much more. Like it was so bad, and he, like for him, he was just living in dream. He was like, ah, you know, we're not talking about it. It's, you know, we put <laughs> put a pin in it, and I, my head was spinning for close to two weeks yeah. of just not. It was not good because it it was like such a a big thing that I I really wanted to be able to talk to him about. And every time that, like, I would get a new thought, I was like, oh, I just, I really want to talk to Space Jam, but I had promised that I wouldn't bring it up. And Mm -hmm. so I was like, well, now I can't go back on that promise. Like, I thought he would be upset about that. I thought he was, like, really upset and just didn't want to talk about it at all. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when we finally, like, were able to have the conversation when I did have, like, more news to, to talk around, and I was like, I like i'm not angry because we agreed to do this but i don't want to do it again if there's ever a situation that we disagree on like we need to be able to talk about i need to be able to go to you and he he was like you can always come to me and i was like no we can't (laughs) do you remember putting a pin in it yeah that's not what that means Mm -hmm. so i was like i have been so stressed out i've been so anxious i haven't really been sleeping like this is just not good like my head has been spinning and I was like I really felt for the last like two weeks because it was like you know New Year's Eve fell into that time period a lot of time together I was like every time we were together I was really starting to weigh like you know if he doesn't get the answer that he wants on this date like are we gonna break up or is this day like he's leaning more towards he's gonna be with me Mm -hmm. I was like I was weighing every little thing that you did like if you didn't you know seem super eager over text or you know when we hung out like how were you feeling like every day I was weighing that in my head and he was like oh that's real bad that's <laughs> we can't have that that's okay uh, so <laughs> I yeah was like, and been there yeah and mm. you can't control it you can't turn that off No, and knowing that you can't talk about it for me personally it just it made my wheels turn more you know I thought it was a good resolution of like all right, you know what? This conversation's not getting anywhere. Let's just, you know, table it. We'll move on. No, 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 no.
0: (laughs) 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 Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, the one thing you said to me directly is you were like, I feel like I have to be this perfect girlfriend now. Yeah. Otherwise it's done.
1: Yeah. I, I felt that pressure really hard and it was definitely pressure that I put on myself. And that's, that's the anxiety of it, of just, I felt like one mistake. He was going to be like, you know what? Like, I don't even need to wait until this date. We don't. Cause that's essentially the conversation we were going to have of like, mm-hmm. do we stay together or not? And it made me realize just like how fragile everything is. You know, we really haven't been together that long. Um, but the thing about and w- what we're going to be really talking about today is like being able to have conversations around these things. Mm-hmm. And if you're like, I brought that up of like, this is not good for me and my anxiety. Like this is a real thing. You got to be ready for it the actual conversation about it though yes because what he asked me that really surprised me and he, he was like okay like this is a real thing like do you have any vices interesting i was like yes <laughs> 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 i do yeah, yeah, <laughs> I do. and part of me was like we could skate by this and not really address mm-hmm. it i was like that's not good
0: what'd you say like, with the vices
1: so i definitely run a lot and okay. i run to extremes and it to the point where it can get unhealthy that actually happened when i was training for a marathon i got to the point where i couldn't get a like a mental release until i was running like 20 miles and so then post marathon i actually did a ton of damage to my knee and almost needed another surgery because i couldn't i couldn't stop Mm. because that was the only way that my mind would slow down was if i got this like mental release and the other thing that'll happen when i'm not getting it from running is and if something really big happens is i will drink more okay and that's something that i've more recently noticed about myself i'm like i don't know running like someone doesn't really get it they're like oh that's cute and i'm like no i'm destroying my bones like yeah it's not it's actually extremely unhealthy but alcohol people are kind of like whoa like right
0: you're like i have a healthy vice and i have an unhealthy vice
1: that's the way it looks and
0: realistically yeah i do both
1: yeah which uh, is honest because
0: i knew the drinking you've talked about that a little bit yeah on the
1: pod but
0: i didn't know i off the top of my head i didn't think the running thing
1: yeah that's why i run yeah i don't run because i love to run i run because my mind goes insane if i don't Oh okay. Well now we know why I don't run. (laughs) Because you're mentally well.
0: I mean, it's you probably take this as I don't. You might take this as offensive, but honestly, uh, you and other people I know that have anxiety, whether it's running or just like the need to work out, that's like in them. Mm -hmm. I look at them and I'm like a little jealous. I'm like I don't have that. I'm like, I'll feel better just in general, of just, like, endorphins and, like, mm-hmm. happier with myself if I work out. But I'm like, oh, I could easily skip
1: a day. <laughs> like,
0: yeah. Skip a few, you know.
1: It's so much, like, a larger, like, intense anxiety, but then also just, like, major body dysmorphia that goes into it with people like that. And it's it's a whole path we can go down. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's not fun. Yep. Um, yeah. So that was just, it was a very interesting conversation actually having to like admit it um i was was, like kind of drunk when i told him so i was like well i feel like you know it's the drinking (laughs) so here we are that's
0: hard that's like the blow off steam right now for a lot of people yeah exactly nowhere to go not much to do um because i was gonna say what was was there like a solution to the conversation
1: uh yeah you know i think it ended really well of just for not we're not gonna do that anymore you know we got through what we needed to get through but we both were kind of like okay we do need to be able to talk to each other and both feel like it is an open door of communication Mm -hmm. so yeah I think it ended really positively and now knowing like more of the anxiety I think he is a little bit more aware because I can see like even the times when he's busy over text like if he's short with something all of a sudden like he'll follow up with a little bit more of like like if he because sometimes he'll get like really busy with work and not be able to say too much and i think he's starting to think of like okay her wheels are spinning like let's (laughs) not let this happen Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so i think
0: um i think Lindsay mentioned that a little bit not out of anxiety but she said in a relationship she's like i need a consistent communication from you like i think it was one of the deal breakers was like um not hearing from him every day yeah kind of thing but you got to communicate that you got to kind of be like yeah i just want to hear from you every day or whatever your thing is whatever your standard is
1: yeah and it's really interesting because i remember when she said that i was kind of like you know me and space jam don't really have that i think i even said that to you off mic of like you know we don't we don't talk to each other every single day like i feel really secure about this but now this like really goes back to the attached book of the second someone like me who's more of an anxious um attachment style the second you start to feel a little bit of like the fragility of the relationship like then you really need that and so Mm -hmm. now i'm really trying to check myself of like don't be too needy don't be too much yeah because he is good he is really secure and in the back of my head i do know that so it's like i need i need to take the time to like really reassure myself of those things right and not end up pushing him away because i think that's something that could ultimately happen
0: I mean, I never think it's what someone is doing is pushing the other person away in the sense of actually makes them break up with you and fully go away. Right. Because even with the like tough time you were just going through for two weeks, mm-hmm. I was like, listen, this is a real relationship test regardless yeah. of how long you've been with someone because I had that. Mm-hmm. of There was like the one bad day mm-hmm. where it was like, we're just not clicking. Something's off or like I wasn't in the best mood and then like I like cried a little and like all that stuff. But I was like then my relationship ended. Like, mm-hmm. not immediately, but in two weeks. Yeah. And it was like, that was the start of it going downhill. And I was like, what really showed me, though, was the other person's reaction and how they handled it and then what they did afterwards. So I think, like, how that person reacts is very telling because it's also like, you're going you're gonna to have bad moments or bad days or whatever. And it's like, your partner should, like, help you through it, not kind of just... Either stand by, do nothing, ignore it, or like, or, or or like, ghost and bounce. Yeah. And you're suddenly like, oh, okay, you you were in this for fun time, but you can't handle a couple hours of like me being upset. Yeah, you're not here something. when it gets real. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like that's kind of making you be like, oh man, I gotta like really do boyfriend work now. And right. It's like, well, yeah. <laughs>
1: like, right.
0: So you know, but you have to have the confidence in yourself. To be that full person and not try to hide those things. Yeah. That's what's hard. And that's why all those stupid books that are kind of like basically hide this forever. We're like, that's impossible. Right.
1: It's impossible You're to human. do that.
0: And if you can do that, I don't know how. You're, You're- psychotic.
1: Yeah. that's Yeah. Someone <laughs> who's psychotic a can do that. Yeah. <laughs> that's like uh, <laughs> Dirty John. Yeah. Like the guy who just stole that woman's life. Yeah. You know? and with anything. Yeah. Those are the people who commit crimes. My God. Yeah. um, But I mean... Do you have any, like, aside from herpes, do you have any, like, hard dating conversations that you feel like come up based on just, like, we're going to be diving in today to, like, taboos? Um,
0: I mean, yeah, herpes is my big one. <laughs> All the yeah. other conversations kind of feel normal, yeah. I guess. Um, yeah, I mean, it's I'd true. say money is always kind of uh, uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Certain things like that come up, but I haven't been with someone yet that that comes up. Like, of, like, do you want a prenup? Do you not? Yeah. How much money do you make? Do you want to move in? What do you want to pay in rent? What do you pay in rent right now? What do you make? Like, It's, yeah. it's considered taboo to ever ask those questions. Or they're just hard conversations.
1: Yeah. Do you think... W- at what point do you think you should know a partner's salary? Or do you think it's I feel like important? you would
0: naturally know within like a year of being with somebody.
1: I feel like it does kind of end up being more of just like a buttoned up thing. Yeah. So, I don't know. Do you ever just straight up ask people like what do you make or like how i've do you never done that it? with someone i was dating
0: yeah. i've had people dating naturally tell me because something would come up mm-hmm. that i didn't bring up at all they just kind of dropped it in the convo mm-hmm. um that made me just kind of go oh i guess like they really trust me and don't have any walls up about this topic mm-hmm. um because it's like a weird thing of sometimes people that make a lot of money are not shy about it or they are mm-hmm. almost like they try to hide it from you as a test but this is yeah. the classic like because we're women and if they're men there's this like gold digger kind of mentality yeah they're like i don't want a gold digger so like i'm not going to be doing crazy elaborate things Or like i'm not going to be taking you to crazy nice places or like i'm not going to tell you how much money i make because then i feel like that might be the only reason you're staying with me
1: yeah that's true or
0: even i've known some people to not bring people like to their apartment
1: oh interesting for
0: both reasons of success and being unsuccessful
1: interesting yeah you would think it would be more so the unsuccessful side
0: right um it's interesting i've had friends that i've felt hesitant and i'll even just say do you mind if i ask like how much do you make but i mainly only ever ask that question if it's like they're complaining about their job
1: yeah that's true like if they want to move on
0: yeah if they're like you know because also if they're talking about they're complaining they want to apply somewhere else i'm kind of like well what's the salary that you would for sure leave Mm -hmm. what do you make now when's the last time you got a raise but that's like we're having a business convo and i'm trying to like
1: help them talk through it
0: right like they know i'm not what i'm not there for their money i'm not dating them like i'm not gonna get it either way you know right
1: yeah like i wish people were more transparent about their, their salaries like i get why they're not but i think money conversations are fascinating but this article is really interesting because it says that waiting until you have a money-related issue means it's too late. Emotions are too high and rash decisions will likely be made.
0: Interesting. So it's like,
1: do you think that, that kind of means that you have to bring it up before it's really on the table with any kind of stakes?
0: Well, I'm wondering what they exactly mean by, like, issue. Because I feel like this might be the opportunity for some people. They're like, oh, great. This is when I can say something of, like, hey, you know, like, that trip you suggested it's a little pricey for me right now
1: yeah like
0: maybe you're still paying off a loan that you have or you're like hey look through the pandemic i was out of work a couple months i got a little credit card debt Mm -hmm. i'm focusing on like paying that Mm -hmm. Um, and you suggest like an alternative i'm like i don't think there's any shame in that
1: yeah i think if you approach really any sort of like conflict conversation with a resolution i feel like that's better way to have the conversation yeah so i wonder if this is a little bit like anticipating that it's just like talking about an issue versus like ways to to mend it right um because this does actually talk about debt but i think that's really interesting in that your point about the pandemic and so many people being out of work is that there's gonna be a lot of debt yeah
0: there's gonna be people in debt or even Mm -hmm. i have a friend that took out a loan to just fully pay off her credit cards Mm. so then was like oh now i'm gonna do a payment plan to just pay back the loan so that i didn't get hit like she was gonna get hit less because like loan interest right now is like almost nothing right so it like that's how she figured her own finances out and it's like good for you right but it's like okay if she's dating somebody and she still has a loan i don't know you say it's even for five grand but i think a lot of people think like college loans yeah right? if you marry someone your loans your debt becomes their debt essentially yeah. right legally i don't know i mean I, I've never been in a big debt problem, so I'm not a thousand percent sure how I would navigate it. Yeah. But I feel like there's something to owning whatever your thing is.
1: Yeah. I have a lot of college debt mm-hmm. and I've definitely like talked to Space Jam about it. And like I, pr- I I talk about it pretty openly that like I have a plan for paying it back and I, I pay my loans. Yeah. Um, and I know he's definitely coming at it from a position of, you know, not being in any debt and having a really good job mm-hmm. um right he doesn't have to worry about it so I don't know sometimes it makes me feel like a little kid in the conversation of like I definitely make way less money I don't know what he makes but I know I make less and I do have this debt and it, I know it does make me feel a little bit financially insecure and mm-hmm. in some ways looking like I'm not really on my shit even though I am so I don't know it's a, it's a really interesting position to be in I guess
0: I have felt this a lot with people I was like, I'm good at managing my money, I'm not in debt and I have a savings and I have like a little account that I like invest in some stocks and stuff. Um, but like when you just go, how much money do you make a year? Mm-hmm. my number's not impressive. right So it's something that like if anything if someone only asked me that question and then judge me just based on that, I'd kind of be annoyed. So I'd be like, oh, that's the money that comes in every year, but that's not the money that gets accumulated here. Or saved here or you know what I mean? Like yeah. I'm like but I'm very good at saving that I actually might be better off financially than you are. Like right. a lot of times when you make more money you just spend more money. Yeah. So it's like it's interesting of like we we always stress like, oh, should you know how much they make? And it's like, I mean, a lot of times like till people get married, you don't fully know what's going on in their finances.
1: Yeah, you should really know their like lifestyle. But
0: but like how can you? Yeah. If it's like I'm not looking at your bank statements, I'm not looking at your credit card.
1: Yeah oh that's a really good point because there are so many different areas where someone can like fuck up their finance
0: <laughs> yeah there's so many parts that you can and a lot of people have and whatever made mistakes when they're older younger whatever you know
1: yeah oh that's absolutely true then okay i think that makes a little bit more sense of thinking about it a little bit more holistically on the point of money relate like waiting to talk until it's an issue means that it's too late because i from like financial portfolio perspective if it's like that all is crashing down mm-hmm. it's like well there's not a whole lot we can do here but we are legally bounded to each other <laughs> <laughs> yeah for sure oh that's brutal
0: or like um, you know what's interesting the whole thing about should you live with someone before you're married right yeah part of that theory of I think also why it like almost works better to like be married than live together is if you're doing the old school route of marriage means my money is your money. Everything gets combined. It's now suddenly not like, what half of the rent am I paying? and What half are you paying? It's just like, what are we paying? What is uh, our total budget? Like, what's I, our total income? What's our total expenses? Like, like if you're really looking at it that way, then I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. It's basically like, why well, have this conversation and divide stuff if then we're going to essentially just combine it all? Like, well, like in the old mentality, I'm like, I think it. that's why it makes sense.
1: Well, I know a lot of people now will start to... Well, they will, like, make an account, a joint account yeah. before they're married. Because you don't need to be married to make a bank account No, with you don't. So, any, you can make a bank account with anyone. So, they'll make a joint account and then slowly, like, start to put money in there and have, like, a joint credit card to it. And then up until the wedding, it'll slowly just be, like, their account together yeah. and, like, move assets together. And I think that's smart because then real quick, when you're looking at the credit card statements, <laughs> you're like, oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: Well, that's, but that's why I'm saying the old school way of thinking mm-hmm. that move makes sense then right. of like, we're not going to live together before we're married. We're going to get married. We're going to combine everything, get a place to get like, then it's like everything, everything together. I'm not saying I would necessarily do that, but I'm like, yeah. if you go complete old school way of thinking, that's the only plus I could see is like, oh, there's not this whole dividing argument of like, right. well, you make more. Should you pay two thirds and I pay one third and blah, blah, blah
1: oh yeah when it's like
0: if we just combine like your income my income this is our total income now we're both claiming on taxes so this is our budget yeah like i would think when you truly love someone you don't really see it as like well this money is mine and i don't want it to be spent that way it's like what do we want to do which is easier when it's like okay all the money's going to the same place
1: (sighs) i don't know i feel i have such a like cover your own ass mentality uh, i know that, i'm not, I'm not that, saying i would do it but yeah oh the thought of like waiting i absolutely would not i would 100 do a prenup i've already told space <laughs> jam that um and l- like s- progressively get to that point together because yeah. yeah could you imagine like the first day of your honeymoon basically i mean that's really not what it is but in my head that's the way it works mm-hmm. of like day one of being married like the cake is still out on the table and then instantly every single thing that you have like just combines in the mm-hmm. one thing that's my nightmare
0: right well this is also of getting married later if you get married l- later for most people you're gonna have stuff that you didn't have when you were young yeah you have a lot more to lose yeah if you're (laughs) if you're both fresh out of 20 it's like yeah it's almost like for certain things of even an affording an apartment like a one bedroom right yeah wherever you live loans you might need that dual income to even afford it right to afford that and both be paying your loans and blah blah blah. so it's like of course everything's just looked at what's we then because you need each other to be paying the bills. But if you're at the point in your life, you don't need each other to be paying the bills. Yeah. Then that's where it's like, okay, how do we like combine this? But like, I kind of like having my ability to kind of spend what I want and not feel like someone's going to look at it and be like, why'd you spend that much, so much money on nike Molly? Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: because they have a new court to runway line
0: <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah. it's like i don't know what the equivalent is for men and like women with shopping but or some men are shoppers too i don't know you know it's just it's interesting i grew up in a town that most people were married everything was combined so it was very rare for me to hear and it was actually my health teacher in high school talked about they made um a system of like a percentage of their checks him and his wife Would go into the joint account that paid for all the joint stuff Mm -hmm. and the other stuff they just kept separate and had their own credit cards
1: that's interesting i love that you brought up like that that's the way you were raised with it because one thing that this article talks about is like taboos a lot of times come from a cultural point and Mm -hmm. like that's also the way everything was in my town that's really the way everybody operated or you were led to believe that right but if you found out that someone didn't you kind of had this People looked at them differently, and you know it was the conversations. It was like you almost felt like something was wrong Mm -hmm. in the marriage, and like why do they do that? That's not how a a married couple operates. And it just it felt wrong and weird. But it's now growing up or becoming more like financially successful and like having you know not only like my own debt but also you know my own salary and things to manage. I'm like but that is mine and like if i if someone is financially irresponsible i wouldn't want to lose that
0: yeah i mean like you said i think a lot of times nowadays it's like you you build into combining stuff yeah like i don't know how paul schistler and his wife did everything Mm -hmm. but i remember he told me like oh there was a day i was like oh let me add my wife to my investment account Mm -hmm. because they started combining everything Mm -hmm. and he was like and he actually got mad at me for even suggesting that like a lot of people keep stuff separate. Mm -hmm. And I was like, so shocked, not like mad, but he kind of was like, that's so stupid. Like, why would someone do that? Like Mm -hmm. I'm marrying you. You're my wife. Like I'm trusting you with everything. And I was
1: like, 50% divorce rate. right? (laughs) I know.
0: But I was just like, I mean, I was just like, I don't know, Paul, like just a lot of people don't fully dive in like that right away. Like, you know, kind of thing. So, so so it's interesting, but that was the first I heard of a man not liking the idea really like he kind of was like why wouldn't my wife add me to all her stuff yeah like he kind of was like i would feel like they were hiding something from me well yeah and i was like well that's also a valid argument so that it's is- like it really depends on the person and i think it's just another thing in compatibility that's true.
1: Oh, it's such such tough conversations, and then price points from there. It's like, oh God, exactly. Right? So stay alone forever because <laughs> it just it sucks. No one wants to be the person that
0: can't afford something, right? Like man, woman, whoever you are, that just sucks to say. Of mm-hmm. you're like, yes, I know this couch is nicer. I would also like this couch, but I can't afford half the couch, right? And then it's like, how are you gonna react when the person either offers to pay more, or even just buy the whole couch themselves, mm-hmm. or just kind of was like oh okay and it's like all right we won't get that couch you know
1: it feels like shit
0: it feels shitty either way yeah part of you is like man i kind of wish they would just offer to buy the couch.
1: yeah <laughs> and then they're just like all right you're like okay so what's the point like what is our price point for everything yeah
0: like, but, but i would say there is something to the attitude of it though i think going in of like i've had friends basically being like i'm not splitting furniture in case we break up and it's like i think you indirectly already feel like you might break up
1: yeah they're preparing for a breakup you know what i'm saying yeah oh for sure so yeah i think the furniture is a really big call on that because it's like even when you move in with friends and you're together for years at the end you usually just sell the fucking couch but for some reason, when couples break up, mm-hmm. the littlest things, it's like, that is my end table. <laughs> I bought that five years ago. Dude, that's,
0: I met a friend that I knew was in a bad relationship or whatever, wasn't working out. Let's not say bad relationship, wasn't working out. Mm-hmm. And I asked him about if he moved out. He goes, I already know what pieces I want.
1: Oh my like, God. Like, Ernie
0: was like, these things are mine or like, these are the only things I'd fight for. And she could just have the rest of it. That's like when someone, d- <laughs> or like you have a
1: grandparent that's going to die and you're like know what things in their house you want
0: yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah you're like well like is that a weird thing to say you're Like, can we talk about this now <laughs> yeah <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay anyway the so- other thing this article says is really taboo to talk about is sexuality which i think is really interesting um because basically as a society we've been trained to make assumptions mm-hmm. about sexuality so you know whether like if you think about just like a straight person a gay person you know whatever it is like you you have a mental image of them and so you make assumptions about a person's like sexual history too Mm -hmm. when you are dating and i don't have you ever asked a partner if they've always been straight
0: like if they've ever experimented yeah i've never straight up asked that but i've had uh, scenarios of like whether it be talking to someone through a dating app or on a date um where it's like kind of come up oh because i find that essentially if someone's not doing whatever quote the norm is Mm -hmm. they bring it up oh okay so that's like good friend of mine is quote ethically non-monogamous okay this is kind of a new term it does not mean poly and it does not mean open relationship it's kind of its own category with rules okay and he's now just been like yeah i just put it on like my dating profiles Oh, interesting. And he's like, you'd be surprised. There's a lot of other people that already have it on there. Cause it's just kind of like, Hey, it saves time. Yeah. Um. You know, but that's something that it's like, he brings up. Yeah. It's like, that's his thing. So it's like, well, it kind of is on you to bring up at the same time. Yeah. You can't always assume everything about everybody.
1: Yeah. I agree that it's on that person, like whatever it is to bring up, because I don't, I don't think I would want to be surprised with it. Like, when I read this, I actually thought about it a lot, like, the way we've talked about disclosing herpes and other STDs. Mm -hmm. And I think about, like, where I was before you told me about it. And a lot of things about sexuality are similar to STDs. People just don't really talk about it. Mm -hmm. So, like, personally, I don't really know a lot of people within, like, the LGBTQ community or that have experimented. A lot sexually. Like I, I don't right. personally know a lot of those people. So if someone did tell me something or I found something out about someone, I wouldn't initially know how to respond. So I would want to have some time to like think about it and not, I guess I would more rather like be told and have an opportunity to make a decision mm-hmm. about how I felt in the relationship versus like having to react because I found something out. If that makes sense. True. You know, but, especially like, with
0: experimenting. Yeah. Because you can't, no you can't know that
1: right based on someone but it's this weird part of diving into someone's sexual history which can be uncomfortable because like Mm -hmm. you don't really want to think about the person that you're sleeping with and like their past partners yeah so it's it's touchy
0: yeah i mean it's touchy with them but it's also even touchy on like say that's not the issue you're both whatever two straight people two gay people two fluid people whatever it is Mm -hmm. right so you're exactly the same as your partner sexuality history wise right mm-hmm. uh, even just even let's even say like in terms of like body count all right so yeah. you're both like yeah I don't know I'm in the 20s <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what I mean <laughs> like I'm not three people and I'm not a thousand right <laughs> uh, it's interesting of like on a very even smaller level there's even just we talked about this like with love and Jordan a little bit of like opening the door or openly saying things you want sexually that you're worried about your partner judging you yeah like specific things yeah literally us sleeping together right and like expanding or just doing something different and blah blah blah, and trying to like find other people's comfort zones Mm -hmm. is very uh intimidating
1: yeah it is it's really hard to ask for certain things and even um i was listening to this esther Perel video that um she was talking about sexual fantasies Mm -hmm. and why they're really hard to ask for because it is so like expressing sexuality is so taboo and like you're told to really like keep it buttoned up and you you feel really dirty yeah um the other thing i was really thinking about this too is that homophobia is a very sneaky thing Mm -hmm. and there are so many people who they're cool with it as long as it's happening over there and they don't have to think about it they don't have to know about it And, and I mean, I'm sure a lot of people have experienced this where you're having a conversation, you're talking about, you know, say like the pride parade and then someone says something a little weird and you're like, wait a second, you know? And then all of a sudden it's like, if this is someone who's like really close and you're like, oh, you actually don't support this potentially or, you know, you're really not okay with these people. I think as, you know, society progresses and people do come out and express sexuality more, I think those things are going to be, People are going to take a much harder stand as mm-hmm. they should. So I, I think that's also a place where it's really important to have those conversations.
0: Yeah. I mean, also we want to talk real future of the world is like transgender is not that it wasn't ever normal, but it's being more normalized of people are talking about it and the they're more having surgeries
1: are, done. Yes. Mm-hmm. And more people
0: are knowing people personally that are now going through the surgeries mm-hmm. and becoming transgender. Right. But it's like, as time goes on and you know technology increases it's gonna be completely impossible to tell i think yeah in the future yeah right and i mean even now so there's many people i'm like if i didn't know you before and know you went through this Mm -hmm. i would have no idea yeah very highly likely i could be talking to some guy somewhere get Mm -hmm. his number be into him blah 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 at some point he could reveal like i I was actually originally born female yeah and i went through all the surgeries blah blah blah. give me their little spiel Mm -hmm. and it's like yeah, I don't know how I would react. Yeah, I've never had to be in that conversation. Many people have not. And yeah. it's like, that could easily happen to anybody. Yeah. And that's something that's like, that's realistically what's going to happen.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Especially as they're learning more and more about people who are transgender, um, don't identify with the body that they're born into mm-hmm. and the surgeries are happening so happening so much younger and so not only yeah. is technology getting better but it's people are going through it at a younger age mm-hmm. so I, I totally agree with you that's going to be something down the line that I, I, right now like i'm on the position that the person who goes through the change i think the onus is on them to share that when they're ready and they're comfortable with a partner you know like personally i would want it to be before anything physical happened to be able to like really think about things mm-hmm. and make make the decision for myself um
0: but i feel like that's going to be another debate
1: i think it's going to be a huge debate of uh, do transgender people
0: have to disclose that yeah i, I you know what it, i mean yeah like i mean we even debate that in herpes group really of like uh, especially with type one i have a friend recently slept with someone that had herpes and he just wanted to get tested you know afterwards as you do mm-hmm. just to kind of check and he talked to me about it and he was like they have type one and i literally told him most likely your doctor is gonna be like no nah, don't bother you don't need to get tested yeah exactly what happened really exactly what happened he went in and the doctor was like well listen type one pretty much everybody has it blah 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 you have no outbreaks et cetera. Et cetera. Mm-hmm. you really don't need to get tested okay and then he kind of was like he was already in tune with like herpes knowledge even just being my friend Mm -hmm. um and he kind of was like oh like i don't know should i still get tested and i was like i mean my theory is everyone should because it's gonna just normalize it more yeah but i was like i have type one but on my vagina so i was like you know how you've said to me like you have to tell people even if they're just going down on you i'm like you just went to a doctor that basically told you the opposite Because I've been told before that I don't have to tell anybody anything at any point.
1: So this friend was telling you that you needed to always disclose no matter what the act Yeah, like I was having
0: a convo with him about how I didn't disclose to someone once with going down. Okay. And he was... Because I was like, give me your honest opinion. That someone without herpes. Mm -hmm. So it was so funny Then then flash forward, he was with someone um, that had herpes.
1: Interesting. And didn't tell him and
0: he was upset. But then went to the doctor and the doctor base was like, I mean, you're fine.
1: Yeah. And so do you know if the person had an outbreak or then they just later were like hey by the way like i do have herpes
0: it was a scenario of the person felt guilty oh i told them after but he basically we came to the conclusion of like you either telling people or you're not telling them yeah telling them after is kind
1: of is a shitty thing yeah like if you're not going to continue to sleep with the person right but
0: he was very mad that the decision was taken away from him yeah which i was like that's fair i was like but i was like it's also on you yeah, like, you should be asking ask. people when they've gotten
1: tested. Yeah. Especially and hookups.
0: Right. You know, what yeah. I, like I was like, it's not total. I mean, it's no one's total fault, but I kind of was like, look, when I've not told people that was kind of my argument. Right. I was like, they aren't asking any questions. Right. You know, like, why is it fully on me? So it's, I mean, it's an, it's an interesting thing.
1: Yeah. It's a very interesting debate, especially like if you're not using condoms, like if you're putting yourself in that situation Mm. like you should be asking a lot of questions and i mean for a hookup you should definitely be using condoms obviously but damn right so did he end up getting tested or was the doctor just like straight up no don't do this he didn't okay
0: um because he didn't have an outbreak and stuff and it wasn't <laughs> like he was super upset but it was just interesting to have that conversation
1: was did like, it change his view
0: on it more changes who he said i i'm like 100 percent gonna just ask partners now okay like ahead of time okay. before i do anything and i was like yeah But that's something with like... I don't know if someone was, you know, transgender and they said to me like, yeah, I don't feel the need to tell people if I'm just going to hook up with them Mm -hmm. and like not really see them again. I'm like, well, yeah. Because they're not putting any physical health at danger to a person. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like, yeah, look, if that person finds out though, they might be mad about it. They have a right to be mad. But I'm like, but I think, yeah, you have a right to... You don't have to tell.
1: Yeah, I think hookups are a different category. I think if you're looking at like building a relationship with somebody and you're like okay i feel like a connection i want to take things slow i think it does need to come out Mm -hmm. usually sooner than before having sex because again i think that's like where your friend is sort of like the decision is taken away yeah but i think on a hookup honestly i feel like a lot is fair game because nobody's really telling anybody anything right um Yeah. Oh, it's gonna get so tricky. And uh, it is. I mean, there's
0: no, you know, like herpes. There's no direct rules, rhymes, or reasons to it. Yeah. Like I've had many doctors be like, "Yeah, you just have type one. You don't gotta tell anybody that."
1: So interesting. And I'm like,
0: "But I got it from someone and had an outbreak. So it's like knowing how I got it. That feels very unfair to say."
1: Yeah. Like you didn't get it from a water glass. Right. Because of where it is. Yeah. Like I got it from a
0: person. I don't know if they knew or not, but. It, fe- it feels like, look, they weren't showing any signs and still passed it. So it's like, it is possible. Right. So I do, uh, you know, I agree in general, like honesty is the best policy mm-hmm. and you got to kind of bite the bullet without any of these conversations.
1: Yeah. I mean, they're all super interesting. Um, one of the things that it talks about uh, in a bit of like Esther Perel's thing is like, like you said earlier, of taboos coming from like culture or... Mm-hmm. um like societal norms and some of like totalitarian states mm-hmm. do you feel like any part of your um the way that you approach having herpes is rooted in any of those areas probably not a totalitarian state if i'm gonna take not a
0: guess. that but it's just like <laughs> look yeah culturally in the u.s um herpes is considered like this bad thing mm-hmm. it's a stigma of people that have it are like dirty or like slutty or Et cetera or like not safe or etc cetera, etc cetera. um so like yeah that's why disclosing to people is so hard is because it's not like when people go oh i have hpv and everyone goes doesn't everybody have hpv right like, <laughs> stuff like that um you know or even i don't know i feel like even like chlamydia all that other stuff has been pretty normalized yeah so it's like yeah the most people know about herpes is it's forever and they think it's this big deal and then everyone that gets it realizes it's not they're like yeah it only feels like it is when i have to tell people i am met a couple of people that have herpes that used to live somewhere else like countries
1: mm-hmm. and they were
0: like i had zero problem with this really and now i live in america and everybody has a problem with it
1: oh that's so weird
0: right so because they were like yeah over there it's just like yeah herpes everybody's got that you're yeah. fine wow you know
1: that's so interesting so, americans suck.
0: well yeah or even just like there's stigmas in like you know i think you said religion earlier yeah like within religious groups yeah there's a lot of stigmas
1: yeah do you think herpes would have much of a stigma or feel so taboo if because like when you mentioned HPV, it made me think of it like i really don't even know what that is do you (laughs) think if it was hsv people would even actually understand what it was
0: they might or they might not but it does make it seem like less of a thing
1: yeah or that makes you
0: realize how on par it is with other things
1: like what if you just started telling people i have hsv
0: that's usually usually how i tell people really that's i say that before (laughs) i say the word herpes
1: like what if you just stopped using the word herpes and you'd be like look it's not a thing like i take a medicine i do have hsv i just i want you to know
0: uh, I mean I technically could do that. Yeah. But
1: it's just like you know. no one fucking knows what that means. I mean some people do it, but it's rare.
0: But yeah. I usually say I have uh, HSV one and then I go, which is like cold sores. Okay. And I say, but I have it like downstairs. Okay. At that point point. And I was like, and yes, technically it's herpes. Okay. And I'm like, not a problem, never give it to someone, blah blah blah. Okay. But there's something of like I don't Hired know, I feel herpes. like it like cushions the blow. Yeah. It feels like a hard punch to just be like, I have herpes.
1: Right so well because it's the butt of every joke not like every joke but like there's so many yeah. things out there and it's like the whole point of the joke is like don't sleep with that person so that's what exactly anybody knows culturally is like that it's bad
0: yeah i mean and when i said in this article it's like i could give you tips on how to tell people or ways to tell them or maybe when you should tell them but it's like actually telling them literally is just going to come from practice and you doing it yeah like that part i can't do for you it's all about the I reps. just help you motivate you to get there yeah you know <laughs> and put it out there but it's like yeah i was terrible for example of times yeah i told people and it's like that was how i got better
1: well i think that's any of these conversations right it's mm-hmm. like learning how to have them because they are so rooted in so many things that you've been told your whole life and like that's the point and like with even just societal norms right yeah. so it's like everything that you are made to believe and then it's like as you get older and kind of get your own perspective and you peel back the layers there's mm-hmm. so many of these things that you're just like oh this really isn't that hard right you know like or we're making it so much harder mm-hmm. i don't
0: know i don't even know what to directly say about it other than it's like yeah you gotta just do it you gotta put it out there in some way someone's gonna take the bullet of opening up first mm-hmm. and so a lot of times when it's like i'll just start by asking them this there's ways people can dodge it or give vague answers mm-hmm. and then it's like you're prying Right. Where it's, like, you... I think the best foot first is, like, just open it up about your thing and then kind of throw it to them and see what they say. Yeah. And see if they open up. Yeah. But it's just, like, you're basically being, like, the door's open for me. Right. Like, clearly I'm comfortable talking about it.
1: Like, it takes someone being a bit vulnerable to get some vulnerability out of another person. Well, yeah. Yeah. It's... It's. I think that's what makes the conversation so hard is that really to be able to, like, get what you want, you got to give a little bit, Mm -hmm. which... No one really wants to do that. No. You know, <laughs>
0: or we've all been there. We were like, I just opened up there about my feelings and I got nothing. <laughs> and here we are. advert. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, good to know.
1: <laughs> that is the worst. Yeah.
0: you. I mean, it's a rejection. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Been there.
1: Oh, that's brutal. We've all been there.
0: Um, the only last thing I'll say is just like, that was uh, something that partly frustrated me with like dealing with herpes was like seeing the world open up such so much more about like mental health problems and people Mm. very openly saying like i have bipolar disorder i have this i deal with it like Mm -hmm. all those different types of things which i think is great i'm not knocking Mm -hmm. it but i was almost like sitting there being like well when's herpes turn yeah when are people finally gonna be like yeah and i have herpes it's not a big deal right like whether you're married single whatever yeah but it's kind of that thing like a lot of times unfortunately it takes someone at a high celebrity level to be coming out and open about something and then the world goes oh it's okay
1: well yeah and at this point that I was, so i think there's a few layers to it i think that's exactly right mm. and at this point the only way that we've talked about herpes at that level is a scandal when you think about like, exactly. R. kelly and there's some a few other like, r kelly Shia usher style above mm-hmm. uh, and it's like they're I, I mean, R. Kelly is absolutely, like, an animal, but th- the rest of them are, like, made out to be these monsters. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're just... It's kind of like, click clickbait on a lot of stuff by, uh, you know, tabloids. Yep. So I think that's hurting it a lot. Mm-hmm. And then I think the other layer on this is that there's... In general, talking about sex is, for so many people, just a non-starter. Mm-hmm. And... I think so to to be able to talk about herpes you have to be able to openly talk about sex any std right and i think so many people are not ready for that mm-hmm. like even this podcast there's some people that are like oh my god like all you guys talk about is sex and it's like we actually talk about a lot of other things yeah <laughs> but it, things so quickly get labeled as dirty mm-hmm. if sex is attached to it at all yeah and i think there's got to be like a little bit more growth and obviously like that's the point of the show right Mm -hmm. and to start like moving moving the fence posts just a little bit more and more until people are ready for that conversation yeah there is so much research happening of them actually being able to create a vaccine to help it from because it's a virus so you should be able to actually i mean hopefully all viruses (laughs) you can eradicate yeah so honestly you never hear about herpes like vaccination research no you don't so uh, you know. right uh, so uh when we make it that yeah. is-
0: <laughs> we'll do that later yeah. when we make it. join the Patreon. Yeah.
1: <laughs> help us fund, fund herpes research, research. <laughs> 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 uh
0: yeah so uh, i don't know thank you guys for listening this week um if you want to submit a review because we're giving away some money mm-hmm. uh which we're very close to just write a review on apple Podcasts. submit that to enter and um if you want more content more exclusive behind the scenes stuff uh join our patreon which is patreon.com slash shooters gotta shoot and uh as always i'm at sparica with two a's and i'm at the underscore guacamole and we'll see you guys next week bye, bye.